Do you have a set of questions that you and your team could use to reflect on your racial justice work this year? If you answered no to this question, then you are in the right place. Hi, I'm Dr. Terrence L. Green. I'm a tenure professor, and I've helped to prepare hundreds of racially just and anti-racist school leaders, and I want to help you. That's why I created this podcast to provide you and your team with real-world insights and practices that work so that you can collectively build racially just schools. On today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you eight racial justice questions to ask at the end of the year. These are questions that you can use individually, and these are questions you can use as a team. If you're ready to get started, then let's go. You're listening to the Racially Just Schools podcast, the show that provides resources to help you and your team build racially just schools. Now, here's your host, Dr. Terrence L. Green. Welcome to the Racially Just Schools podcast. My name is Terrence L. Green, and I am your host, and I am just super, super grateful that you are here for today's episode. Now, on today's episode, I am recording this just a few days before the end of the year. And so on this episode, I want to do something that is I think is important for us um, in the work that we do for racial justice. Um, and it's something I've been doing more intentionally the last few four or five years towards the end to be deeply reflective of what happened in the prior year and years, but to also be imaginative about, you know, what is forthcoming and, and what can be otherwise. And so today I want to talk to you about eight racial justice questions to ask yourself at the end of the year. I want to talk to you about these eight racial justice questions to ask yourself. And if you're on a team, if you're working with a collective and you work with a group of people, these are some questions that could be powerful for you all to ask. And so I want to share these questions and I'm, I'm going to be, you know, a little transparent and vulnerable. And as we go through some of these questions, I'm going to be reflective of kind of some of the things that um, I've been thinking about and some of the things that have been happening with me where these questions are concerned. And and for this episode, I'm going to ask you if you, you know, you may be listening to this while you're driving or exercising or uh, you may be doing something else, maybe cooking and you just have it on in the background or whatever the situation may be. I'm going to ask you to, you know, either pause it or to come back to it. But I would really love for you to get a sheet of paper, something to write on, write with, however you want to express that, um, but to really take some time to think about these questions and to like write it down, to jot it out, um, to talk through it, to like to actually go through these questions, not to just have them in the back of your mind or just be listening to them, but to actually take some time to to write down your responses, to reflect on your responses responses to think about your responses so whether you have a journal a sheet of paper um, whatever it is you would like to write on um, I really want you to um, just spend some time kind of going through those questions these questions um, in that way you know I think this is an important practice for us to pause and to stop and to ask these questions at the end of a calendar year at the end of some work in the middle of work. Uh, this doesn't have to wait to the end of the year, but I think there's a powerful opportunity for us to be reflective. And so uh, let's hop into these questions.
The first question um, that is important for you to ask at the end of the year in your racial justice work um, is what I call the gratitude question or the question of gratitude. And this is a question that I learned from someone that I would consider a mentor, uh, Dr. Carrie Ann Rockmore. I've been doing some work with her over the last few years around this uh, annual clarity retreat. And one of the questions that she asked us to begin with is, and it's the one I want to share with you is, um, what are some unexpected blessings that happened in your racial justice work or overall this year? Right. So this is the, the, the gratitude question. That question is, what are some unexpected blessings? And if, if blessings is a word that doesn't fit right for you, then what are some amazing things that happen? What are some unexpected, amazing things that happened in your racial justice work this year or overall in your year? And I think this is an important question to start with, because it allows us to at least start to catalog that there were some things that happened this year in our work um, that we can be thankful for, that we can be grateful for. And oftentimes there are things that can happen that you you did not expect. You know, for me, one of the unexpected blessings this year, particularly in my racial justice work, is I got connected with someone um, who in many ways has been deeply helpful for me to rethink um, and to think deeply about the work that I'm doing, the work that I want to do. And on paper, you know, I would have never connected with this person. Right. And so it was kind of unexpected how it all unfolded and how we got connected. And so, um, you know, I'm deeply appreciative of that. And I got a, another good friend and colleague who's been helping me, um, giving me great feedback on my book, Dr. Dakota Irby. So I'm, I'm just I'm deeply grateful for people who I didn't expect to show up in particular ways um, that have helped me go deeper in my work and to um, be reflective in my own practice. But I'm, I'm curious to you, like, what were some unexpected blessings or what were some things that happened that were amazing that you aren't anticipating? And, you know, I try to write 50 things down and, and all 50 of them uh, may not be what my racial justice work. Some of them just are broadly overall, you know, uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for any time, you know, uh, my life partner, my wife and I, we we welcomed our third child um, into the world uh, in March. And so, you know, that is a, a, an amazing blessing. And 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 um, he's been awesome. His temperament and just it's been it's been great. I'm, I'm super grateful and I'm very thankful. And so one of the questions I think we need to pause and ask ourselves, particularly in our racial justice work and overall like, what are some unexpected, amazing things that happened to you this year? And I think beginning with this gratitude question is vital. It is important for us to continue to refuel ourselves, to reimagine what could be, but to pause and be thankful and be grateful for what we've experienced thus far, even in the midst of all the tension and all the chaos and all of the oppression and all of that. There, there still are opportunities and there still are breaks and there still are um, places for us to express deep gratitude for the unexpected amazing things that have happened in our lives. The second question I want to share with you is the what I call the question of elimination. So question number one was a question of gratitude, but the second question is a question of elimination. And the question is this, what do you need to stop doing in your racial justice work? Okay, this is important, right? So what do you need to stop doing in your racial justice work? And a part of us doing deep racial justice work is also like eliminating things that don't work. Um, this, this is part of like the design and prototyping. Like you, you actually take action and praxis, right? You do things, you have a theory that undergirds it, but you're in deep, you're engaged in deep critical reflection. So that's the cycle of praxis. But there's some things 
things that we shouldn't no longer do. And so this is a question for you and for the people on your team, the collective that you're engaged in this work with, or for just you individually to ask, what do you need to stop doing in your racial justice work? This is the question of elimination. And one of the things um, I've been thinking a lot about is I know that I have to stop doing this. Sometimes, I mean, I still do this. I, I can easily start to imagine the worst case scenario or the worst possible case scenario, right? In racial justice work um, in multiple ways, right? And I, I can go into detail, but I actually would get too deep into the weeds if I went there. But, you know, I need to stop doing that. Another thing is uh, mentally replaying racist incidents in my mind. And when I do that, I actually embody it. I feel it like it could have happened three months ago, but I'll keep replaying it in my mind. And so physiologically, um, psychologically, emotionally, it feels like it's still happening now. Right. And this is how racism starts to particularly black folks, other racially minoritized groups, we begin to embody this. Right. And it can lead to cardiovascular issues. It can lead to, lead to hypertension. It can lead to all types of health challenges and mental challenges because we embody it and we replay it. And so these are two of the things among many, <laughs> um, as I've been reflecting and been jotting things down and just been really um, recalibrating and thinking about this upcoming year is these are some of the things that I want to eliminate, right? And so what are some of the things that you need to eliminate in your racial justice work? The third question is a question that I call a question of new beginnings. And the question is simply this, what do you need to start doing in your racial justice work, right? This is the question of new beginnings. So we've had the question of gratitude. We've asked the question of elimination. But now we're asking the question of new beginnings. So what are some of the things you've already noted that you need to stop doing? But what are some of the things you need to actually start doing, right? Is In your racial justice work, do you need to start, um, you know, speaking up in meetings and not waiting to the end of the meeting to get out and when somebody has said something but nobody else uh, backed that person up and said oh that was a great thing you said in the meeting but you didn't have the courage to say it um, during the meeting do you need to start um, planning differently right for your racial justice work thinking about you know how you approach it and how you plan it and how you enter into it do you need to um, be bolder in your work, right? Your racial justice work, understanding that you occupy a position of um, formal authority in a particular school or district, um, but you haven't been as bold with what you want to do. Do you need to be um, start listening more deeply and more intentionally? Like, what what is it that you need to start doing in your racial justice work? And this is the question of new beginnings, because there always are opportunities to begin afresh and to begin anew. And I think the longer and the more we do this work, their depths, their dimensions. Um, to this work. And there are opportunities for us to begin afresh and anew. And the question here is this third question is like, what is it that you need to start doing in your racial justice? The fourth question is the question uh, is a question I like to call a question of multiplication. (laughs) All right. I say a question like 
45 times in that one little two, three sentences, but I was multiplying the word uh, questions, right? <laughs> so the, the, the fourth question is a question of multiplication. And the question is this, what do you need to start doing more of, right? So I want you to think about the things that you are doing in your racial justice work, but what do you need to start doing more of in your racial justice work? So this is not necessarily like a new beginning. These are things that you're already doing in your racial justice work or your team is already doing in your racial justice work or the collective is already doing, but like, what do you actually need to start doing more of? Like this could just be something individually for you to just show up in this work. Um, you know, one of the things for me just to, uh, this year has been uh, it's been awesome for me in terms of like physically exercising and trying to get back into just being in the very best shape of my life because I have realized to do this work, we have to have our physical bodies. We have to have our our, our mental faculties. Like we need to be well, you know what I'm saying? And this work, um, it can literally be lethal and kill you. And I have decided that I will not allow this work to kill me. We've had too many martyrs, too many of our ancestors have died doing this and we need to live, right? Um, and so movement and exercise is, is really helped me um, recalibrate some things and getting my eating right and getting my sleeping right. And so th- those are things that I need to be able to show up well for me to be mentally sharp, for me to be in many ways psychologically and spiritually sharp. Um, those are things that I need to start doing more of the sleep, the, the, the stress reduction. The, though, though I, I personally need that. I can't even show up in community the way that I need to show up um, if, I, if I am not doing more of that. Um, even for me also like documenting the journey, right? Because we have so many experiences in this work. And um, sometimes if we don't document the journey, we can we we can forget. And so even with that very first question of gratitude, one of the things that I did in that first question to think about these unexpected blessings and getting the 50 of them, I started looking at the pictures in my phone from January 1st all the way up to towards the end of December. And I forgot that I did capture some of these things uh, photographically. And it, it was good that I had that documentation that I forgot about. But there are many things that happen in our racial justice work um, that could be documented. And so I have this... Uh, in my phone, I have these voice messages, I have things written down, and the documentation actually helps me with ideas after I've finished doing um, leading a professional learning or co-facilitating something. I'm always, at the end of that, just being reflective, and, and the documentation of those notes have really helped me expand my practice and even be more critical of the ways in which I show up in this work. But the question here is, like, what do you need to start doing more of? Right? What do you, what do you need to start doing more of? What do you need to multiply? Um, one of the things that's been helpful for me this year is to, to reframe the question of, uh, you know, unplugging from things that are draining from me to thinking about what are the things that that give me life in the places where I can also share light. You know what I mean? And so multiplying those questions for me has, has has been important. And thinking about the teams that you're working with, like what are the things that you all are doing well or the things that you have started to do, but you need to do more of it. And as you multiply it, you begin to see these compounding transformative effects and impacts of your work. Because remember, we're still living in like the cumulative effects of of racism right not that it's something that is historic we know that it's constantly being reproduced every single day but there are cumulative effects and cumulative um residual decisions um that we still live in today and so now thinking about what are the things that you're doing that you need to start doing more of how might those start how might these things that you do more of start to have these cumulative 
transformative, racially just positive impacts and effects um, for generations to come. But what do you need to start doing more of is the question of multiplication. Question five, uh, you, you may have already anticipated or guessed it, but question five is the question of reduction. So in question four, it was the question of multiplication. But in here in this question five is the question of reduction. And the question is this, what do you need to do less of in your racial justice work? You don't necessarily need to eliminate it. You don't need to do more of it, but you need to actually do less of it. What are the things that um, you all do, but maybe you need to do less of it? Some of it is <laughs> the meetings. You need to do less meetings the way that you currently do meetings, particularly if the meetings are not um, constructive and building and working towards something. That's just an example. You might actually need to multiply your meetings because you like, look, we meet once every every 42 weeks. So we got to meet more than that, my brother. No. So whatever it is, like, you know, your context, you know, your situation, you know what you need to be doing individually. You know what you need to be doing as part of a community. What is it that you all need to reduce? Right. So the question is, what do you need to do less of in your racial justice work? And this is a again, this kind of this is this is in many ways like this um, strategic prioritization question, because you cannot do everything all at the same time. I mean, and this is the beauty of this work that you there's so much to be done. Um, uh, as Ruth Gilmore says there, you can start just about anywhere. Anywhere can be started because there's so much work to be done. But the question is, what do you need to do less of? In this work, this is the question of reduction. Question number six is what I like to call the question of community. And the question is this, who are the people or the person or the organization or organizations that you could not have gotten through this year with? (laughs) All right. I'll say that again. Like, who are the people Um, who is it may just be a person who is the person um, who is the organization? What What is the organization or, or organizations that you could not have gotten through this year with, through this year without? Um, and they were pivotal to your racial justice work. So I want you to think about that. Who, who the, the people, the organizations that help to, to in many ways sustain um, the work that you're doing, to help to grow the work, to help to initiate the work that you're doing, to to help to add uh, fuel to the fire. You know, they 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 took the light of their candle and they shared that light with your candle, and your wick became ignited, or it got to shine even brighter. Who are those people? Who are those organizations? What are, who are those communities? Um, where are those spaces? Uh, what are the ones that allowed and created the conditions for you to be in a community that was nourishing, that was um, a- allowed you to be able to thrive in your racial justice work? You might be like, well, I haven't fully thrived. I, I wouldn't cons- consider myself thriving in my racial justice work. And that, that's fair. If you if that if that is the assessment that you would say, that's totally fair. But the question is like the question of community is like, who are the people, the organizations that without them, you would not have been able to get through this year. And you say, you know what? Uh, shoot, not even this year, the year before and the year before, if it wasn't for so-and-so, if it wasn't for this group, if it wasn't for this collective. And I want you to think about that and really jot that down and write it down and uh, share some love with the, with the folks and the people in the spaces and the communities that have helped to um, helped you, you know, to show up in this work 
in this racial justice work, because this isn't any work that we can do alone, as you know, and we need one another and we need collectives and we need institutions and we need spaces that are built on these principles of racial justice and, and radical, radical humanization. Um, and so I want you to think about the question of community. Question number seven, I, I call this the question of, of accountability. And this is slightly different or is different from what you would think of like traditional accountability. But the question is this, is the count is the question of accountability um, towards your dream, this collective dream or this individual dream, whatever the dream is that you have around racial justice work, because I believe that we need to constantly be reimagining. We need to constantly be uh, redreaming. We need to be constantly um, revisioning this work and otherwise in radically different ways. Um, as we are attending to the day-to-day realities that we face in this work. But the question is this, the the question of accountability is this, have your dreams changed this year? Have your dreams changed this year? Because this is like our dreams are not like a one-time set it and forget it. You know what I mean? Like they, we, we need to always be constantly revisiting and reassessing our dreams. What, what, what is your dream? What did you re? What did you imagine? What are you reimagining? What are you redreaming? Is that has that changed? Has that shifted? I mean, you've if you've listened to some of the earlier podcasts, I have talked to you about how some of my dreams in this work have begun to shift, um, and you know things that I thought I would be doing, you know. For a long time, I can start to see shifts in new possibilities and thinking about different otherwise capabilities and possibilities and scenarios of how this work could play out. But I, th- I think one of the dangers is we just get on autopilot and it's just like, all right, my dream was to be a teacher. And so I'm going to be a teacher in perpetuity or my dreams to be a principal. I'm going to do it in perpetuity. And I, I can't tell you the number of principals, particularly that I have spoken to more recently who are like they several of them have left and several others are, you know, contemplating it. And because like this wasn't the dream that I had for this work. Right. And not to say that you should leave wherever you are, but sometimes you should leave wherever you are. Right. Um, This is why we have to constantly revisit the dreams and we need to constantly reassess. This is the accountability piece, like be being accountable to the dreams that we've had in this work, be being uh, accountable to these radical possibilities that we had in this work. And the the thing is, like, these are not static. They can be dynamic. They can evolve. They can shift. They can grow. They can get greater depth greater dimension but the question of accountability that you need to be asking and should ask or i encourage you to ask with your team and the community that you're doing this work with is like has it shifted has it changed Uh, and and if so what does that mean what are the implications of the shiftings of the dreams and we need to be accountable to that and and this could be like the dream has shifted in a way that is progressive and compelling towards you to do something different or or your work may show up differently or it may be like the dream was to be more radical and you realize that it's actually become more tempered right and so wherever you are on that continuum it may just be the same this is a question we need to be reflective of and assess um, in our work this is what i call the accountability question
Finally, question number eight is what I call the question of imagination. And the question is this, what would your racial justice dream feel like and what might it entail? So this question again, like what would your racial justice dream, what would it feel like? I want you to get into the affective realm here. Um, what would it feel like? What What is the feeling of it? You know what I mean? The, the, the exuberance, the joy, the aliveness, like what is it? What does it feel like and what would it entail for racial justice? And, and again, when I think about racial justice, I'm going to do a whole episode on this. Like what do I mean by racial justice? Because there, you know, people there there's some just great conversations to be had around this but when i think about racial justice i think about the condition to to eliminate the conditions that give rise to racial injustice right so i'm thinking about the, the, that there will actually be an infrastructure in place and there will be supports built for people to thrive and to to experience life in its totality and be fully humanized to to the point to where there will be no needs for racial injustice. Like the conditions will be built around this other possibility in this other world um, where where racial justice will reign. So it's like this precursor, this 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 new reality of a condition of what can happen in schools, what can happen in districts, what can happen in the way we engage and partner with families and with communities. It's not. It's. It. I don't think about racial justice as. Um, as retributions, so to speak, I, I I don't think about it that narrowly or that um, in some ways punitively. I think about it as this reimagined condition that is material, that is like actually experienced, um, but it 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 eliminates the need or it eliminates even the acts of racial injustice, right? So that's why I think about um, uh, racial justice and that's a 30,000 foot level. I'm going to do a whole episode on it to kind of get in the weeds and kind of explain how I come to understand and what I think about racial justice and what does it mean to have a racially just school? But that ain't the point of this podcast episode. The point of this one is is to ask question number eight. And question number eight is the question of imagination. What would your racial justice dream feel like and what would entail what would the racial justice dream at at your school what would that feel like what would entail the one at your district the one in your classroom right the one in your organization what would that feel like and what would it entail and i think this is a question we need to constantly come back to particularly at the end of the year but all throughout our work and so i want you to think about and encourage you to reflect on that particular question All right. I hope you um, found something useful in this episode. Hey, you know, these eight questions, I think, are super important for us to continue to 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 come back to. And hey, there are many more questions that you should <laughs> engage in. So by all means, add, delete, do whatever you have to do. But more than anything, I just want you individually, but you also collectively to take some time to reflect um, on these or some a different set of questions, some similar questions um, to really just pause for a moment um, to think about this year and as we go into a new year. And so uh, 
I hope you got something. If you got any questions, got some more questions to add, hey, definitely let me know. Uh, send me an email or shout me out on Twitter with your additional questions. I would love to just take a look at them and read them and just hear from them. And I think that's how we grow. We just keep putting these questions out and sharing. But more than anything is the practice, is the routine, us as racial justice practitioners to, to reflect and to pause and continue to reimagine. So, hey, in the words of your boy, oh, Marty Mar. Hey, y'all, see you when I see you. Peace. Well, that is it, folks. Thank you so much for joining the Just Schools podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I am so excited and really looking forward to our time together during future podcasts. What I need you to do is to please hit the subscribe button, share with a friend, and please leave a review. Love reviews. And if you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to www.raciallyjustschools.com. That is www.raciallyjustschools.com. When you join our community, I have a free video for you on three tips that will make your racial justice work better. And again, if you love the show, hit subscribe, rate it, and leave a review on iTunes. And until next time, peace.